Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. I don't know if you're like me, but I just enjoy hockey. And the All-Star break is kind of killer. I mean, I don't have a Ranger game for 10 days, and a lot of fans are going to go over a week without seeing their teams play. And if you're like me, and I enjoy like out-of-town hockey, you know, we had one game on Monday, three games last night, just two games tonight, and then we're going to have you know, radio silence until next Monday, and we'll go over on Friday the podcast, all the different skills competitions and the, the All-Star game itself. But if you listen to this show, you know it doesn't overly float my boat because I think the regular season has just been so much fun. But, you know, let's go over the games last night because all three were very, very interesting games. Now, the one that really doesn't matter, Senators over the Canadians, by the final score of 5-4, to four, but it was a fun game. Stutzla was very good at a four-point night. Um, Harvey Picard picked up a couple of goals as well, including the tally uh, in the third period that tied the game up at four. It was a wild game until uh, Kachuk was able to end it with a minute and 18 seconds left in regulation with his 20. They're just a good back-and-forth fun game. I'd love to be able to get your thoughts on the alternate jersey for the Montreal Canadiens because it kind of thinks outside the box. It's celebrating the Montreal Expos. It's kind of cool blue color or whatever, but it was a fun game. But the other two games had a lot more meaning as far as the standings were concerned. I don't know whether to kill the Hurricanes or celebrate the Hurricanes because... They are just a a fun team to watch, and they end up coming from behind and getting a huge win over the Los Angeles Kings by the final score of five to four, despite being down four to one going into the third period. You know, it just it's amazing to me. We've talked about this with EJ. We talked about it on the podcast a bunch of times in the past that the NHL got exactly what it wanted with more offense. You know, back before the lockout, you go back twenty years ago. You score first, you win. You got a lead going to the third period, you win. And listen, the statistics still bear out. You want to score first. You want to have a lead going to the third period. But we've seen multiple goal leads, especially two goal leads, disappear in the third. Last night, three goal lead for the Kings going into the third period. And they roar back. They get a big four goal second period. And it looked like they were in great shape. But then early 327 in Stasny. Who who's going to have to step up? We'll see exactly what they do at the trade deadline. Um, do they try to bulk up at center? His play is certainly going to have something to do with that. And then Stoll gets his 14th midway through, and then Taravainen scores 12:31 into the third period to tie the game up on the power play. And then Aho on a great one timer with less than a minute to go in overtime steals a victory for Carolina. So they go into the break now with a 74 points, uh, a, a right now six-point lead on the Devils for second, although the Devils do have a game in hand. But 50 games played, 74 points, plus 33 goal differential, six-game winning streak they go into the break on. And the Kings, you know, they just – listen, Carolina – uh, gave them awful goaltending, and the Los Angeles Kings tried to take advantage of it. Scored four goals on ten shots. As you know, the Hurricanes are going to have some questions in goal. As Anderson did not look good, but the Kings just were not 
very good uh, in the third period, but they still do earn a point, so they go into the break right now in second place in the Pacific Division with 63 points. Again, they're the outlier. Only team in the playoffs right now in the Western Conference with a minus goal differential of minus 10. That's pretty significant. So right now they are tied in points with Seattle in the Pacific Division, but Seattle's got four games in hand. The Kings played their 53rd game last night, and Vegas is in third place. They're a point back They've got uh, two games in hand on the Kings, but Seattle has two games in hand on Vegas. So Seattle is in great, great shape. Edmonton hanging around with 60 points. They've got 50 games played. Calgary's got 57 points. They've got 50 games played. So I know I had some Kings fans get on me about the goal differential and and not believing in Los Angeles, but this thing's going to come back to roost. All the games that they've played... Can they sustain a playoff spot? What kind of deals do they make coming up at the deadline? But they've got a three-goal lead in the third period, only come away with one point. We'll see if that come back to haunt them. The other great game, the Capitals beat the Blue Jackets 4-3. to three. I give the Blue Jackets credit. They keep losing players. Now we find out Nyquist is going to be done for the season. They continue to fight and play hard, but the Capitals had to get that win tonight, and they did last night, and they did as they, they come roaring back. Um, does Columbus with two goals in the second period. Robinson and Johnny Gaudreau with his 14th to tie it, only to see Kuznetsov win it 26 seconds into overtime. So now as we assess what's going on in the, um, in the, uh, in the division right now, um, in, the, in the Metropolitan Division, we take a look at um, the Caps right now, as I keep hitting the wrong buttons here, I'm sorry, I'm trying to navigate with one computer. The Capitals have that first wild card with 60 points, three points ahead of Pittsburgh, but they played four games. See, Washington's kind of in a similar boat that the Kings are in. They played 53 games already. I should mention Carolina plays tonight against Buffalo. We'll talk about that. So Carolina will be able to add to that lead with one more game before the break. But as far as the wild card is concerned, Washington with 60 points, three ahead of Pittsburgh. But with the four more games than Pittsburgh, you wonder if they'll be able to hold on to that. And then when you look at the wild card, that's why tonight's game is pretty significant. Buffalo's played well. They're 6-2-2 in their last 10. They find themselves just a point out of a playoff spot with the same amount of games played as Pittsburgh. But... Again, they've got four games in hand on Washington. So if Buffalo can earn a win tonight, they would go into the break in the playoffs and they'd be two points back of Washington with three games in hand for the second wild card. And you look at Tampa. Tampa is in third place in the Atlantic Division with 65 points. If Buffalo can win tonight, that would give them 58. um, So they can kind of climb, although Tampa would still have two games in hand on Buffalo. So it looks like the Sabres are going to have to concentrate on the wild card, but it's very, very much in play with the amount of games that the Washington Capitals have played. And the Caps, despite that win last night in overtime, have only won four of their last ten. So Buffalo is very much in play. Now we get to the Islanders, who have 55 points, two points off the pace. They're also in a tough spot because they played 52 games. However, the big news coming down on Monday, the acquisition of Bo Horvat. Lou Lamarillo has done it again. When everybody felt like they were going to probably be sellers instead of buyers, he is going for it. He knows he's got a good team, and he knows they just don't have any offense. So what does he give up? He gives up a really good prospect who they acquired in the second round, Atu Ratu, who can turn out to be a star. 
but you got to give to get, right? And you give up a first-round pick, conditional. It's probably going to be conditional on Bo Horvat re-signing with the Islanders. And you give up Anthony Beauvillier. He's a nice player. He's got some speed, but he's got 20 points. Bo Horvat comes in here with 50-plus points. He's got 31 goals for the second consecutive season. He's on his way to a possible 50-goal season. Um, the only negative in his game is not even his game, is that he's a free agent at the end of the year. But you know Lou... Listen, he has taken chances before. You saw what happened with Ilya Kovalchuk back in the day and did give him a monster contract, and it did get him into the Stanley Cup Finals a couple of years later, although Devil fans may not look fondly at that deal, especially since he bolted to go to Russia, but they did go to Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final with Ilya Kovalchuk on their team. It's kind of similar to that, although I'm not sure Bo Horvat's on that level, but he's still a guy that can score a ton of goals for them. He's a young player. He's a center. He's killer on faceoffs, winning 50 and word is, and you know Lou, he's not making a deal and giving up a lot if he doesn't know or at least have some assurances that Horvat's going to be able to stay on the team. And they've got the chance to sign him. Might even give him a contract extension before the season is up. Would not be surprised by that. And you bring Horvat into the fold there with a healthy Lee. Um, that could be a fun, fun team with Barzell, who you know is capable of doing some stuff offensively, but you drop 31 goals. Think about that. If, if they had this guy all year, think of all the tough losses that they've had, just the inability to score. Now, one person can't change everything. This isn't basketball. He's not going to play 60 minutes and go out there and score every shift, but he's going to give you a tremendous amount on the power play, he is going to add to this offense, and I think the Islanders are still very much in play here. Again, we've talked about it so much. This is a team that is pretty much essentially the same as the team that went to back-to-back third-round appearances. You know that Ilya Sorokin is a world-class goaltender. Now, Pelik is back and healthy, and we know how much better they are when he is on that blue line. Dropping Horvat in there puts the Islanders at play. So, yeah, they are two points off the spot. 52 points, but again, you look at Pitt, you look at Washington. They're five points back of Washington with a game in hand on the Capitals. All right, you look at the Islanders' schedule. They got Philadelphia coming up out of the break. They've got uh, a bunch of home games here to kind of take advantage. They got they're they're at Philadelphia, then they're home against Seattle. That's going to be tough. Home against Vancouver. So, you know, Bo, Bo Horvat's going to get to see his old team at Montreal. Home against Ottawa. So they've got outside of Seattle some very winnable games coming out of the break. They played a they played well going into the break. You wonder those back to back wins did that cement Lou for making this deal? Like it was if they had dropped those two games, say would he have said, all right, we're not going to be buyers? But because they won those two games, a little two-game winning streak here, all right, they went and they played hard. They did the job they needed to do. They did steal four points, climbed kind of back into it a little bit, climbed back ahead of Florida, one point ahead of Florida with more wins. So they might be able to distance themselves against the Panthers, who also feel like they need to make a deal. We'll see if anything happens at the deadline. And get hot here that first week coming out of the break and see if they can't get back into this playoffs thing. And if they do, and if they do, they could be a very dangerous team in the second half of the season. So good on Lou Lamarillo making the deal. This is going to be great as long as they give him that contract extension. And I do believe he's going to be here. And that's just really something to build on. What is he, 27 years old? Remember, he was good. He could have been a devil. He was the ninth overall pick taken by Vancouver. Vancouver got that pick from the Devils for Corey Schneider. 
and it looked like a steal at the time for the Devils because they desperately needed a goaltender, but it didn't really age well for New Jersey. And not like Vancouver made any kind of runs with Bo, but Bo was very good there, and I think he's going to be outstanding here. We'll see what happens with Pedersen now. What's Vancouver going to do? They've already made the coaching change. Looks like they're going to sell off some pieces. Now, the Islanders couldn't afford to wait till the deadline. The deadline's not for another month in, in March 3rd. And Lou probably didn't want to wait any longer. There would have been other teams in on Horvat that probably right now aren't equipped to make that kind of a deal. They wanted to wait the four weeks, but the Islanders couldn't afford to do that. Another few games, another uh, missed opportunities, they could have completely fallen out of this. So they had to make the deal early. That probably mean they had to give up a little bit more than waiting until the deadline, but they couldn't afford to do it. Lou did it. And I think it's excellent. It's an older team, but it's a team that I still think, you know, out of sight, out of mind. You're out of the playoffs. How can you compete for a Stanley Cup? And I'm telling you, watched a lot of the Islanders over the last few years. They were snake bit last year, but the previous two years, pretty much the same team, if not better, with Sorokin between the pipes. So you know how this sport is. This isn't the NBA where you got to be a high seed to be a contender. We've seen low seeds make runs, and there's still enough time left in this season where maybe they won't necessarily – have to settle for being a low seed. I mean, think about it. If they can get hot, right now they've got 55 points. The Rangers are in third with 62. Uh, That's a seven-point difference, and the Rangers have three games in hand. But, hey, you never know. Uh, The Devils have been a bit streaky. I mean, right now it looks ridiculous, 13 points. But let's give the Islanders a chance here. I think you're going to see a a rejuvenated team. I think some of the guys that have kind of lagged behind are going to feel some intensity, some adrenaline after making this kind of a deal. And Lou's got the magic, man. You go back to the Devil years, it looked like a very, very underrated deal or or, or an overlooked deal when he got Neil Broughton in 93, and that helped the Devils win a Stanley Cup, scored some big goals in the postseason there. You know, the acquisition of Anderchuk and Gilmore and McGilney and Kovalchuk. I mean, there's a lot of guys who went out got there in New Jersey. How good was the Pajot deal a couple of years ago that really solidified the Islanders' run that first year to uh, to get to the third round of the playoffs? So don't, don't know if it's going to have that kind of an effect, but I do think it'll have an effect of getting this team in the postseason, and that's what you're really, really looking for if you're the New York Islanders. So good on Lou making that deal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two games tonight. We mentioned Carolina and Buffalo. That game's going to be on TNT. That's a good game. Carolina's been hot, sixth in a row. Buffalo Sabres desperate for wins, trying to climb back into the playoffs. And another good game coming up at 7.30. This probably should be the TNT game, but, you know, the Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, again, no Austin Matthews now for the next few weeks. Boston's looked human over the last couple of games as they uh, have turned around and uh, dropped a couple, one in overtime, and then won a regulation to Carolina, while Toronto is 
6-3-1 in their last 10. They had that come-from-behind victory last Wednesday against uh, the, the uh, Rangers. So even though there's 11 points separating these two and Boston has a game in hand, things can look a little bit different if Toronto is able to get a win before the break in regulation, kind of close the gap just a little bit. I was in Toronto last week, and I was talking to the guys there, and I said to them, listen, you'd be a much bigger story if you weren't stuck in the Bruins division, right? They've got 70 points. You know, that would be, uh, if you go out west, 70 points would be in first place in the Central Division, clearly in first place in the Pacific Division. But Boston has just been so good. So they're sitting there 11 points out of a play, 11 points out of finishing in first place. But 70 points would have them just four off the pace in, in the Metropolitan Division and leading both divisions out west. It's just they're being obscured by what has been an amazing season for the Boston Bruins. So two fun games, I think, tonight to close out the regular season. All right, the first half of the season. All right, let's hear from you at Don LeGreca. Hashtag game misconduct is always uh, the way to get in touch with me as we dive into the social media here and get your thoughts on what's going on in the National Hockey League. Let's start it off with Adrian who says, Brett Hall in the early 2000s, ESPN had a segment called The Hot Seat where they would ask someone a series of seemingly difficult questions. One day, they had Brett Hull, and eventually they asked him to name the best father-son combo. Given his choices, Bonds, Manning, or Hull, without skipping a beat, Brett says, the Hulls, and just as quickly said, and not because of me. I mean, I have scored a few goals here and there, but my father is one of the greatest to ever play the game. I always thought that was the best answer for that question. Made my dad smile, too. Yeah, listen, uh, I know there's a lot of things we talked about with EJ on Monday. A lot of off-the-ice things that do not put Bobby Hull in that great of a light. But if you just talk about the hockey player, he was special, and Brett was just as special, surpassing him in goals scored. But you talk about great father-son combinations, Bonds, I think Hull's better. Uh, The Mannings, I think the Hulls are better. I mean, it's it's still one of the great conversations you're ever going to have about those players, and they were certainly uh, terrific, terrific players on the ice. Um, Bobby says... Um, talking about realignment, one, do you think the NHL should go back to wearing white jerseys at home? Yes. Um, I don't. I know they wanted to go back old school because back in the original six era, it was the, um, the colored jerseys that you wore at home and then you wore the white uh, on the road, and they wanted to go back to that. But again, um, I, I would like to see uh, wearing the white jerseys on the road. I'd like to go back because now you because the teams that come now into your building, they all kind of look the same, right? Like all the, they're all wearing white. Where you kind of like to see the different uniforms and the different colors of the uniforms. Um, so I yes, I would like to switch that back without question. Um, best option to eliminate the shootout: ten minutes of three on three or five of three on three with ties. One point. Or no loser overtime point, winner gets three. I don't like I'm not gonna get into that conversation about three for the winners in regulation or giving giving extra points for wins and none. If you're gonna go to overtime, I think you deserve a point. If you're gonna play a compromise if you're gonna play five on five, then I understand not getting the point. But if you're gonna compromise and play four on four, three on three shootouts, I think the loser should get something because you're compromising the way the sport is played. So I do not like a loser in overtime or the shootout getting no points. Or in this case, if you're trying to eliminate the shootout, losing and getting no points if you lose three on three. Just go with the tie. 
I, 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 Anthony, I'm with you. I don't know why you just don't have ties. I never bought, t- bought ties, never bothered me. Any yo yo who said, I'd rather lose than tie is a moron because at least you get a point. Why wouldn't you want a point when it's points to decide whether you win or lose the division, whether you get into the playoffs or not, where your seating is going to be? So why would you throw a point away? It's ridiculous. So I've got no problem with a tie. Play five, play three on three for five minutes. They were so afraid, well, a team needs a point. They're not going to try. Listen, three-on-three is exciting. It's a lot of fun. Would I like to expand it a little bit more? You do have ice conditions you got to be worried about, clearly. Um, So I don't know if you could play a full 10 minutes because all you can do is a dry scrape after playing 20 minutes of the third period. So now you're talking about playing 30 minutes without it being Zambonied might make the conditions of the ice really poor. But could you tack on a couple of extra minutes, maybe play seven Play five, dry scrape, play additional two. I'd like to see that. Anything to avoid the shootout. But again, I have zero issue with a tie. Zero. I I really don't know why people have a problem with a tie. Uh, Sam Diaz is going to go there, but that's what we do here on Game Misconduct. (whistles) New York Rangers Pride Night debacle. I believe some potential players didn't want to participate, so management decided against it. And maybe because of the Provorov situation, those Rangers players felt empowered to take a stance, which would have been a PR nightmare. I think you nailed it, Sam. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about it with EJ because, again, I, I, I don't want to get very political, all right? Um, but I, I reason I read it, Sam, is because I do think – that the Rangers are being unfairly treated here. I mean, they still celebrated Pride Night. Did they go back on their word and say they were going to wear the jerseys and then didn't? But let me ask you this. If Sam's right and there was a player or players that felt emboldened by what Provorov did in Philadelphia and said, I'm not going to go out for warm-ups, I'm not going to wear the Pride jersey, How? what kind of story would that be? It, it would be on those players. It would be, as you said, a PR nightmare Right now, the organization takes the hit, but no player takes the hit. That's what good organizations do. They take the heat for their players. Now, nobody can single out. They can speculate all they want, but nobody can single out any one player. The organization takes the criticism, and once we start playing in the second half, this will all be forgotten. Um, so um, I think the NH- I think the uh, the Rangers did the absolute right thing if that's the case. Now I don't know that that's the case. I mean I think it's a pretty educated guess based on what Provorov did two weeks ago, and based on the fact that they were willing to wear the jerseys and decided not to. But to make it seem like that the Rangers don't care about pride when they still celebrated lighting up the garden, the pinwheel on the on the roof. Um, the broadcast, uh, um, who sang the anthem, who dropped the puck. I mean, it was everything but the jerseys and the, and the stick tape as if they completely dropped the ball. I ask you, if you're an organization and you want to be able to protect your players, especially star players, how would you have handled it if there was a significant player on that team that you couldn't mask by just saying he's a healthy scratch and and have that player be... be um, pointed out to by not participating and have that player have to handle that kind of firestorm which is still the same heat for the team but now the player experiences it now the players are protected by the organization now we can have a deeper conversation about whether those players should do that or not we talked about a Provorov. here here's the deal all right it's not the politically i'm not trying to be politically correct here with my answer but i think it's the answer is is that 
a player has a right to not wear the jersey if he doesn't want to. I disagree. I think they should. I like the whole pride aspect of it. I don't get not wanting to support, but it's a free country. And if they're going to cite religious reasons, good luck in a court of law if that player decides to sue if he's disciplined by the NHL or the team. So the whole idea, they should bench him. They should suspend him. They should trade. You could try to do all that if you want. But do you think it's going to work if that player, like Provorov said, is, hey, it's against my religious beliefs. We went through this with the vaccine, so I think it's just better to just accept the differences, right? That's what we're all trying to do here with all these nights is accept each other's thoughts and wishes. And even though we may disagree vehemently, in my case, what Provorov did, I thought he should have worn the jersey, and I don't understand why he would be against that, but he is. And he has cited religious reasons, and if those are true, I mean, how how are we supposed to fight that? So he has his opinion, we have our opinion, we move on. And that's that's the only way this country is going to be able to move in the right direction if we kind of accept our differences instead of you know, punishing and calling out people for those differences. Again, we can disagree, vehemently disagree, but I don't know how you force a player to wear something they don't want to wear, um, and, and even legally. So... This is kind of what you have to do and and move on from it. Again, I don't like it, but I don't really see an alternative. And if you want to kill the Rangers for it, I, I don't. I would ask you, what would you do if there was a player? Um, do, do you want to protect the player? Do you want to call out the player? I guess everybody's going to have their different opinions there. Don L says, Don, I do agree with you about the playoff format. The NHL needs to go back to the one versus eight again. At least you know which team is playing who. This playoff format the NHL has now, to this day, I still don't understand it, and I am right there with you, sir. Well, it's an easy enough thing to understand. It's just I don't like it. <laughs> All right, like, like we, can, we can right now be able to tell you, Based on the standings right now, Carolina and Boston would be your division winners in the West. They would play the two wildcard teams. So the best record is Boston. They would take on the worst wildcard team, which is Pittsburgh, and then Carolina would take on Washington. That means New Jersey plays the Rangers, Toronto plays Tampa. And the argument is, well, geez, do you really want to see Toronto and Tampa, two of the best teams in the NHL, face each other in the first round like that? But never mind that. It's that now if Toronto wins and Boston wins because you want to stay within the division, and the only way the division gets broken up is if there's a wild card winner. But if everything holds form, do you really want two uh, the the best team in the NHL, Boston, playing the third best team in the NHL, the Toronto Maple Leafs, in the second round, where there's the potential of a first or the third best team in the league, one of them guaranteed not making it to the third round of the playoffs? Does that make sense? That's the problem that I have, and everybody else should have a problem with it again. Now, Anthony says, do you think the NHL will ever expand again? And if so, when are the Quebec Nordiques coming back? Well, they've got a building, and they've got a fan base. But right now, the only problem is I don't think the NHL's got an appetite to expand to 34 teams, and they just expanded to 32. No North American League has more than 32, right? So, they were the first. Uh, they were the second to go to 32 over over baseball in the NBA. Uh, I don't think they are going to do it to 34. So now the question is relocation. And and right now it looks like Arizona. They're trying to make it work with what they're doing with Mullet Arena and, and and building something new. So it doesn't look like it's going to be Arizona. There, there's always speculation about Ottawa. They're trying to get that building done in downtown. If they don't. Well, then Ottawa makes the most sense because it's still in Canada. They can stay in the same division. It's not that far away from where they are right now. Um, actually, it's probably 
because I think it's only like an hour and a half from Montreal. So I don't know how the crow flies, but it's only like a couple of hours away, I think, from Quebec City. I could be wrong. Somebody from up there can correct me, but it's definitely less than three hours. So it would make perfect sense, but I do think they want to try to get a building downtown in Ottawa and get it out of Canada. So I would love to see it. That would make for a tremendous rivalry um, in the uh, – in that division in the uh, in, in the province of Quebec. That How many things do you want us to bring to Gary, guys, really? We can only do so much. Well, I mean, I'll, we're going to realign. We're realigning. Here's we're changing thing is, things. We're already going to be we're already going to be escorted out of the building in handcuffs. So, we might as well try to throw as much as we can at Gary before we call security. It's a good point. So, we'll try to see if we can get that done. Let's close it out with the Yankee and Penguin. He says, "Hi Don, what do you think about the Athletics top 100 list it seems like lidstrom and hashik aren't high enough all right well i appreciate the tweet um i want to take a good look at this list and i know um rick carpinello had a major problem with some of the guys that were on the list and how low messier was so why don't we do that on friday we're going to do a lot on friday we'll have the top five we'll kind of go over all the all-star festivities in florida and i'll take a good look at this list and see if there's any discrepancies any problems and where Hashik and Lidstrom should be. Are they too high? Are they too low? So I'm going to do that on Friday. So we'll be back again on Friday. Want to get in touch with me? Best way to do that, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.